live. Oh dear. Hello and welcome. Yes, 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 yes. It's back this once again for Let's Train Out. I'm feeling a bit disheveled. I hope everyone else on the call isn't. Hey, you. I can see NJ. I can see Andrew. I can see Clinton. We've got a full house tonight. Is there anyone else? Oh, oh Clinton. Hello. Welcome back. Andrew. Welcome back. NJ. Welcome hello. Back. hello. 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 We've not had it this busy in a while, you know. It's good. So this week, obviously, is the pre-war warm-up show for the mini-air show. Who's excited? I am. We, we monsieur. Oh, you, we got your French back again, uh, Tony. Um, I am not ready, though. I mean, on my list of things to do, I have to pack. I have to pack cramping stuff. I have to find my tent. I don't know where my tent is. Uh, pillows, sleeping bag. And then I still have to put my 5-volt on. I've only just fixed my VTX issue. I have to swap the whole frame out of my communion. Ah. Sounds like, the, sounds like <laughs> the troubles that I've been having. I went out last Saturday and all five quads went wrong. Oh dear. All five? All five. Oh, yep. What did you do? ESC on one, camera on another, um, motor bell come off on another, um, flight controller um, went wrong and I, that ended up being um, a dry joint on my inverter pad on the bottom of the the revolt, um, and then I can't remember what happened to the other. All, all within about an hour of getting getting there, they all just went. <laughs> Did they fall off a truck or something getting there? Did they fall around in your back van? I don't know. You put anything in my van, it's like cursed. You put anything in there, drive somewhere, and it goes wrong by the time you get there. Oh, so at least, well, you're on the opposing team to me, so that's all right. The more you <laughs> have, the better. Um, That's not very nice, right? Let, let's look after Clinton. Right, Clinton, how are you flying at the moment? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch that. What was that? I said, you're on my team. I've got to look after you. Have you got everything flying? Uh, almost. <laughs> I've just got one left. and then I, One left? Look, look at all these quads everywhere. Look. One here, wow. and one there, and one here, and one somewhere else. I'm too busy looking at the extension cable on the four. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> uh, NJ, are you coming actually this weekend? It doesn't no? look likely at the minute. There's still a slim chance I might be able to make it, but um, yeah, there are some work commitments, which mean I might not be able to do it. It's not looking great at the minute, but you yes. never know. You never cool. know. That's fine. Do you want to, you want to let me all your quads? Um, yeah, the thing is, um, no, I'm just going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's all I heard. Yes. yes. I was well, looking uh, forward to your freestyle. Oh, I know. We're going to miss that. I know. Well, th look, there is still a, a slim chance I might be able to come along, and if I if I can, I will do everything to be there and uh, put up if a few flights if Sunday, I can. We've got the freestyle, and it's looking like really good weather on Sunday. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> maybe Sunday. I might just come down for the Sunday. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you could do. Yeah. In fact, if not, do you want to? I tell you what. Maybe we'll hook up something so you can control my call by phone. Get a live stream. <laughs> there, there might be a small latency issue to worry about. There. <laughs> ah, forget about it. <laughs> I'm uh, definitely enough. Latency doesn't matter. Yeah, Skype or something. Just hold it up, camera to the goggles. Or, yeah, we'll see what happens. We well, can go up to a thousand foot because actually this week, and I think it was posted by Andrew. In fact, Andrew, do you want to share the news that it's uh, happy news about the thousand foot? Yes, so uh, this is the uh, FPV exemption to say that we can fly FPV um, and that has been confirmed again just the other day, That's which was good because it means we can carry on flying FPV. So this is the... Um, it's the ceiling as well though, isn't I it? Think it's the ironic like thing is... A commercial operator, someone who's got the permission for commercial operations, can only fly to 400 foot without, you know, getting the extra exemptions. Whereas FPV with a spotter can go up to a thousand feet. Yeah. So the 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 difference is is that if you're completely non-commercial, but you're flying line of sight, then if it's under seven kilograms, it can be whatever height is that you can actually keep line of sight contact. And yeah, like sailplanes that have three meter wide wingspan, you can see them. Yeah, so you can up. fly, as long as it's under seven kilos, and as long as you're not making money out of it, you can fly at whatever height you like, assuming there's no airspace restrictions or whatever. So, if I read correctly though, you might be able to correct me on this, uh, Andrew, but 
they don't stipulate you need the buddy box anymore for the FPV. Correct. So th this is part of what the uh, exemption uh, is for, is to say that you can fly FPV with only a spotter and no buddy box. Which is, I mean, let's face it, for all this time, a lot of people have been flying FPV. It got really annoying asking your buddy to plug in with the same radio every single time. I think that was... That's been the past three years, I think, that's been the case. That the FPV <laughs> you mean I can stop? <laughs> yes, you can stop that. But you can you stop asking your, your imaginary buddy to uh, plug into the <laughs> <box>. <laughs> It's like everybody else does. Hey, can you plug in? Perfect. Yeah, yours working. Mine's working. You see the inflatable spotter to, uh, with some robot, eye, robot <laughs> eyes just to sit <laughs> next to you. We I'm did really, actually have one, uh, one in our group that was cardboard spotter. I'm bringing this. I'm bringing this to sell. Does anyone want this? Good lord. Ha, okay, Tony. How long have you been trying to sell that? I, I haven't really advertised it. <laughs> Since to be I've known you. I have put it on once, and then I gave up. But it's an S8. Oh. No, it's an S550. I'm going to put it on iDrone Storm. If anyone wants to see it and buy it. I, I, I did you contact? Because I, I believe you need to contact Neil Cody from iDrone if you want to utilize this space, and it'll take a small fee. But that's quite reasonable. You don't have to keep an eye on it and uh, you know talk about it or anything like that. Yeah, how, you look, yeah. how much are you looking for? Um, I don't know what I want for it. Three and a half. Three and a half hundred. I mean the um the gimbal on it was three hundred on its own. So you're getting um and that's a V two on there and. The legs go up on their own, so. No. Yeah. Well, when, it's, when it's coming to land, they just know they just pop up. Well, they go down, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're called retract. Retractable yeah. legs on there, yes. Yeah. Uh, OSD ah. and everything it's got on it, so it's quite a bargain, really. I need to get the link to the YouTube chat for everyone, so they can all. Because there's no doubt people in there that I don't even know them. And this is how disheveled I am today. Uh, you know, I, I, as much as I've been working today and as much as I have you know, not had a bad day, nervous fixing quads, there's two people on this, uh, on this call that have been tirelessly working down in a field, and they are Clinton and Andrew today, with scaffolders, I believe, putting up tarps, taking off tarps, putting up tarps. So we've had Rich down there, uh, along with Jack, if Jack's in the chat somewhere. G'day, Jack. I'm going to get the chat up so we can all say g'day. What's up, Rich? What was Rich doing down there, putting a tarpaulin up? Um, someone said to turn my micro microphone no, that's down. That's an old message, I believe. Don't worry about that one. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. I think it's new. All right, I've got the chat. Here we go. I'll send it to you all. But uh... if I sound too loud, can you turn me down, Jay? Oof. Yeah. I will turn it down. I, I, if we have a uh, answer in the chat, and we'll check the levels. I don't. I think you're coming across fine at the moment. Good. Good. So what's left to do then? Set up the race course, set up the uh, stalls, organise the parking. Yeah, and the uh, camping, <laughs> and you know all these all these little things. Yeah, uh, you don't need to do that. No, I mean it, it does sound like it's going to be a good turnout. I mean, I, I think Clinton had some rough approximate numbers of people flying because obviously you need a ticket to fly, um, and it was up to 140 or something, wasn't it? Maybe more. I'm not sure. I'd have to pull the figures out. Nah, it, it, we'll just we'll make it up. It might be ten thousand people, of which nine thousand and some might be put up by the strongmen tomorrow. If ten thousand people turn up, then I'll. One hundred million people turning up. <laughs> <laughs> We're allowed to exaggerate it until the day, and you know, like judging by um, the president of the United States, it means we're allowed to say any size number. It's going to be great. Right? It's going to be really great. Anyone yeah, who I says am, it isn't is sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, and I was thinking this the other night, because I've been to each one, and it's amazing the contacts I've made, and, and the fact that I'm only on this show from knowing certain people, and coming down to the first one, it's actually great to actually put names to faces of people you might have heard of, or seen their YouTube videos and things. So if you're coming down for the first time, just uh, you, you'll meet a lot of friendly folk and say hello. Um, they don't bite your heads off. In fact, they're very helpful people, the people that I've known that have turned up there. Yeah, so it's always been brilliant. I remember last year, or my first year last year, and the amount of people willing to help and jump up and do some important stuff. It was amazing. So, that's the reason I got involved this year. So I it's great. I met you there, Jay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, you know what? I think, was that out on the Sunday? I think I remember meeting you then. 
Yeah. Um, I think we met a few times while we were there, but. Um, you weren't the one that crashed your quad. That was Adam, wasn't it? That crashed it into the mud. <laughs> wasn't you? I crashed a few times, that's for sure. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. I am really looking forward to it. And then, NJ, I hope you can come down. Um, yeah. I so I believe some people are going to be turning up tomorrow to help out. So it's not just going to be you guys. And I, it is quite amazing how it all comes from a, just a bare field to actually having a whole race event and everything. Um, What's there to what? do tomorrow then, um, guys? So, we will have uh, some signage that still needs to go up. So, we've got the signage on the footpaths, but we need a load of other signage going up. Um, all the pretty banners and everything. Um, there will be the pits for the team relay uh, pits. Um, so, we've got the netting and, and that stuff. Bashing in some stakes, uh, yeah. Yeah, all that needs to be sorted out. Uh, assembling all the flags and the gates for the racetrack. It'll be... Uh, uh, what else will we need doing? There'll be loads of things that they're doing. It's just all on like a to-do list at the moment and, uh, in, in my head. What time is Clinton's burger van rolling in? My burger van. So yeah. <laughs> you want me cooking? <laughs> That's it. That bad. <laughs> well, there is food on site, isn't there? The the food will be there Saturday and Sunday. So tomorrow it's it's a bit of scavenge for yourselves, campfires and things, which can be fun, you know. Um, yeah, Talking so, of campfires, are, are we allowed campfires? Because I was going to bring my um, pit, yes, fire pit, but um, to protect uh, the farmer's grass and keep all the food there for the sheep, we're going to ask that uh, campfires are kept to the the sort of courtyard in the middle of the urbex hub. Could we um, have uh, a fire pit? Because I was going to bring my fire pit. Yes. I think that'd be that perfect. I mean, you've got one. As long as it protects the grass, that's what they, they don't want 100 fires all well, I'll bring a fire pit and a slab of uh, pavement or something. And a fire yeah. engine, just to be, just to be sure. What, what, <laughs> well, I'm going to have my um, I'm going to have my van the weekend, so I'll have 350 litres of pure water in the back, so I'm on my own fire engine. <laughs> I think you'll be able to for local residents there and uh, down the street on the beach. I was thinking about because I heard it's going to be quite cold. I can run, plug my hose back into itself, so I might get my hose out and lay it on the floor, like underfloor heating, and then <laughs> put the tent on top, plug it back in, and then I can turn my heater on and I can have underfloor heating in my tent. <laughs> yeah, I know it's um, ideal no right now, doesn't it? Like nothing's going to go wrong. Until you burn yourself as it's heated up too much or it bursts a leak and it fills your uh, quad floor. Well, that could happen, but <laughs> it's worth the risk, I think. I'd say do it because we need these little spectacles and we need these little uh, happy actors. <laughs> I'm going to. Underfloor heating, just like the Romans. And does that extend to other tents? Maybe you could run it across like several. Well, it's 100 metres, so I could do a few tents if you All want. All right, so just if you get down early enough, central you have heating. Underfloor yeah. heating for the weekend. I call the spot next to Tony. <laughs> you know, at that point, if I were you, I'd just consider speaking to the farmer because the farmer does have some accommodation for air showers only this weekend. Um, yeah. so if you haven't got accommodation sorted, you don't have a tent and you really can't be uh, facing a tent, there are potential cottage on the farm to use, but the bedding, I believe, doesn't may not turn up until Saturday. So take a sleeping bag just in case. But uh, that is an option. I don't know what it costs, but that is an option. Or there's Tony's underfloor under heating. Yeah, bring your own tent. Yeah. Um, Laura in a chat. Laura chat. Laura in a chat is saying um, LDO should do a video because it would be funny. A uh, <laughs> video of the weekend. So, who's up for put recording everything and then putting an LDO well, video together? I mean, last year we had Fossil Stuff putting out a. Uh, a, a quite a nice little sum of money, but I think maybe this year what we'll do is we'll scavenge around and actually we'll have our own little 
uh, not, nothing at the same price, but we'll have a Let's Train Out for the best and funniest and maybe the most dire videos. So we'll have the BB prize, the normal, like a runner prize, and maybe a main prize. Because at least then people go out and try and film something and actually, um, that is unless somebody has got a better idea or more money to put into it, but it's a good way we can do. I'm sure yeah, we can I'll, do that. I'm going to be filming bits and bobs and... Don't forget, the ongoing competition that's still open because there's no closing date yet is the FPV stances. And actually, when that many people fly in this weekend, you might get some classic FPV stance photos. So sure what's this competition? Are we, we're running it. Well, it's a, it's a disorganized competition. But basically, people have funny stances when they're FPVing. You get the Stevie Wonder, <laughs> they're back. You get the people that are action shots, like the hunched over radio is ever going to fall over. Yeah, there's just all these different poses, and we're going to try and catalogue it so you can say, ah, they're a Stevie Wonder, or they're a, I don't know, Action Man. I don't know. There's no official names, but <laughs> I did actually try and catch NJ out, but he only does a slight wobble left and right. He's not worth it. <laughs> Main, years mainly of training said for that. Years of training. <laughs> so, NJ, what have you been up to? I believe you've been playing with the cameras yet again. Um, yeah, I've, I've been furiously trying to get through the many, many review videos that I'm so behind at the minute so yeah I'm furiously trying to get through everything I'm in the middle of uh, this beast SX build um, and uh, I've got to say of all the components that is giving me the biggest jip it has to be this new Betaflight F3 controller um, ah. as much as much as I love all the features of this of this flight controller the biggest problem with it that I have found is that it requires an enormous amount of heat um, on the ground rail specifically an enormous amount of heat to be able to solder anything and the problem that they've got is there's no there's no thermal relief around any of the, the pads so basically the, the, if you want to heat up any one of the pads any one of the ground pads be it a signal pad be it a ground pin be it an ESC pad you, you've got to heat the whole rail up so wow. it's not until the, the board gets almost molten that you'll actually start um, getting it hot enough to be able to, 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 to weld stuff. Even yes. for your wow. Yeah, well, yeah, for the, for the, um, on the ground rail, absolutely, because it's just, it's got an enormous copper pour on it, because um, it's 6S rated, so it needs to be. Um, but they, they, I don't know whether they'll revise this, but I think they need to, is to put some, some thermal relief pads in there. Um, to, to stop that happening um, and there's there's kind of no way around it and I've, I've I'm running my soldering iron at 450 degrees and I'm having to hold it on there for a good time to get the board hot enough before I can actually get anything to take so and this is the this is the one that I have to do the build video on so it's really making progress slow um, but but the actual um, the functionality on the board and uh, the fact it's got great OSD current sensor uh, it's filtered uh, for the video it's um, the, the OSD is configurable configurable within the GUI um, yeah That's it's and it's got an SD card slot for your black box logging it's yeah it's really it's trying to do an awful lot um, so I'm hoping it's going to be uh, it's going to be worth the uh, the aggro of, of, of the soldering that's, that's involved with it at the minute. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing at the minute. And I suppose more topical than that is uh, yesterday or the day before I released my roundup video, kind of roundup and summary on the Runcam 3, only to mm. find out today, as you pointed out, that it's being discontinued in the US over some, some patent wars with GoPro. Yeah, and like somebody said in one of the groups, actually, they said, you know, like, there's a constant, uh, across the car industry, there's a lot of people that, are, there's a lot of standard size connectors, a lot of standard size things, so, you know, why can't someone just have the same design? I didn't think uh, GoPro invented the cube, or the box, was, or... They had the original session, didn't they? But someone was saying that the Polaroid cube might have come out first. It did, yeah, the, the cube came out first, and then the cube took GoPro to court over it. Um, so yeah, there's. I guess there's. This is business, isn't it? Up at the up at the top end like this, there's going to be a lot of uh, shit throwing going on, and, and yeah, I, I don't know where that's going to end up. But at the minute, um, GoPro are a big company. Um, Runcam are not as big as GoPro, and they are. You know, are they? 
quite in the same heavyweight division if they start throwing around legal letters i don't know but that's that's quite a uh that's quite a thing to suddenly turn around and say a market is as big as the us to say that's it we're discontinuing it that that means that something pretty serious has been said um so yeah i, I guess i don't know but i did i did see earlier the the link for the uh, the bbc article on the, the polaroid cube um fighting with gopro over a patent so i don't know what patents they're specifically relating to because that would probably make for a more interesting discussion on it but i guess it's a, a case of watch this space and see what um see what happens out of so it we can still buy it in the uk and stuff and it's not going to go away from um, here or yeah for, for no. once for once fpv restrictions are it's, it's good to be in the european union for a change <laughs> Normally, <laughs> we're normally on the losing side of all the FPV stuff, so yeah, um, we're okay for a while. But you know, generally stuff like this, if it hits the US and it, it goes through, that kind of thing will, will surely make its way to mainly because the it's UK and manufacturing. Europe. If they say you're manufacturing this the same, then it doesn't matter what market you're putting it out in; it's just going to stop it. So, and I don't think that I think this is ceasing production now. So even if it was still available in the UK, you're not going to be able to get them because they're going to. It must be one component or element of the design that is undisputably infringing on the GoPro patent for them to actually cease production and say, we have to redesign this. Because um, that's that's a big step. Normally there'd be a lot of legal to and fro's before. And maybe some of that's already happened and we're yeah. just further down the line. Yeah. Um, but to actually cease production, there's, there's it's got to be pretty... Uh, unanimous that that they are infringing a patent. So it's, it's quite interesting. Odd because the GoPro, because uh, although the GoPro session came out after the Polaroid Cube, and there was the argument originally that Polaroid brought up an argument against GoPro saying you're copying our design, then GoPro I think went back and said you're infringing on our patent for a waterproof box, cube box shape and then also I think the I think it was the case I read wasn't it or they, yeah. they brought out a waterproof case and GoPro came back at them over that yeah yeah and then also like the viewing like previewing the camera um, position from your phone having that app on your phone to be able to see what the camera sees. It doesn't help us a lot though because GoPro is more expensive than the run cam. Yeah and as I mentioned in my review the, the, the GoPro app completely sucks compared to the run cam app. The run cam app's brilliant. I suppose this is the thing GoPro saw a threat to their sales and probably quite a sizable threat to their sales and that's why they've probably started to push this. Well, GoPro need to put their um, prices down a bit then. Don't forget, GoPro lost a lot of money with their Karma drone, and so anything drone-related now is, no, it's <laughs> really getting this. They so, did indeed. They wasted a lot of money on that, I think. It, it'll be interesting to see also how this affects the Foxeer uh, box cube, whatever it's being called. Is it the box? Yeah. yeah box. The, the new Foxeer one. That's, uh, so I'm due to get a, a sample of that when it's uh, uh, bef before it comes out, but I whether I'll receive it now or whether they're also going to be in trouble, I don't know. Um, so that's another one to, to keep an eye on because that looked like the kind of, it looked like it was going to sit quite neatly between the run cam and the GoPro um, in terms of price point. So, and it, it's a 4K camera. Um, so it looked like it was going to be perhaps that one worth making the extra stretch to that had more in common with the GoPro. Um, so, that's kind of annoying if that if that's now going to you know might not come out that would be a real shame so I don't know we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but these guys are just going to fight it out I guess and we'll, we'll have to kind of sit tight and, and deal with the results of it. Yeah, I mean, bye bye bye. The run cam um, yeah. in the, the uh, GoPro mounts, can you? So it is very close. We'll wait to see what happens. Yeah, the, I haven't uh, every uh, TPU mount that I've had so far even the ones with the kind of tightest tolerances and best printed um the run cam has fit into um so if it's a dimensions thing it really is just the lens that protrudes slightly further than the gopro one does other than that they're all 
incredibly close. I'd say within half a millimeter. But the SD card, because I've never just tried to put an SD card in a Runcam three. Is it going sideways or is it uh, on an angle, like on the session? Um, no, it goes in. It goes in perpendicular. If that's what yeah. you're saying, it doesn't go in a sort of funny forty-five degree slant. Um, and you know, one of the things Runcam said they'd address was to put a door over the SD card. But again, that's then copying GoPro, and it looks like that's uh, perhaps not the way they want to go. Um, so yeah, I just I just don't know where that's going to end up. Yeah, I suppose all those people that couldn't quite stretch to a GoPro, you'll have to find another solution now. And I think Yami was supposed to be releasing a similar cube size. Can, you, uh, think that, can you just get your GoPro, Jay? Uh, I did eventually. And have, yeah. you, have you tried it yet? Are you impressed? Um, I've recorded a couple of things, but nothing major with it. I haven't put it on my quad. In fact, there's a, I mean, there's a few of us. Clegg has actually got one, and he's put one in the TPU mount on his Chameleon, and he was getting vibrations through the mount because the mount wasn't stiff enough. Um, I think I, you mount yours directly straight onto the plate, don't you, with the strap? Um, I have uh, I wanted a TPU mount, so um, it goes in nicely, but not on the, um, oh, not on the Chameleon. Ah. Just be mounting it straight on the top plate and put a cable around it. So. I mean, the, the other thing not to discount is actually the session four. Um, where, you know, I had one of those as well, the, the original GoPro session. And although the image isn't quite as good um, as the GoPro five, it's still a, it's still a great image, and it still does uh, decent high resolutions. It's still waterproof. It's still got a great microphone. Um, well, Runcan for, uh, Session 4 is still, like, I think, £180 these days. I think you can get it even cheaper than that now. It's still, it's still, you know, between floating somewhere between the Runcam 3 and the, the Session 5. So it's, it's just one that I think people have kind of forgotten about, but it, it, it's still a very viable option. And it also pays to not just go for your favourite suppliers. I mean, I managed to put, get a Session 5 brand new um, for £209. Completely sealed in the box. Everything's still sealed. Wow, in that's good. So, if you shop, you can sometimes find good ones. Although the delivery was shite. Was that direct from China? Yeah? No, no. It was supposed to turn up on set day from a a very, very, very slave-oriented company called Very, as in slave picking and stuff. And obviously, they're overworked. They couldn't get my post out in time on Friday to get it to me on Saturday. That's not nice. No, there's nothing worse than waiting for bits. No, and they say it's going to turn up one day, and it doesn't. But I'm happy I got it now. So, I mean, I, I'd had a GoPro before. Uh, the Yami Yi, forgive me if I say that wrong, um, did very well with the script and the SuperView. Okay, it wasn't quite SuperView; it was poor man's SuperView. Um, but it was a good camera for the right price point. And it's a shame if GoPro are going to quash anything else and still rise up their hike up their prices. Yeah. Yes. You could always just record DVR this weekend and not smash up one GoPro, but everyone wants HD footage of how fast they can rip around that course, don't they? I, I'm not going to record HD this time. No? I don't think so, no. Is that because you have no working quads? All five are down. <laughs> well, they're working again. Well, they are quite... Um, well, I need to tune my Revo, which I'm flying um, the weekend, but... It's been windy and grey and cold, so I haven't done anything. So I'm hoping to do that Friday at some point tomorrow, but I'm also hoping to come down and do some helping down the valley, ready for Saturday, um, and go to work as well. So it's going to be busy for tomorrow. Yeah, I've, I've still got to travel a couple of hours to get down. I believe people are coming down from Scotland. Are they all travelling down for tomorrow? By the way, hello to Striker, Blood Zero, Green Patches, Mario, Clegger, Clinton. Oh, Clinton's on the call. We don't see her either. <laughs> <laughs> You're usually in the chat. You're a devoted listener, man. It's good to have you on the show. Laura is on the chat. Busy one this week. I'm sure there's others that. Matthew Gammons, I'm sorry if I've missed any of you out. Welcome. Um, yeah, so Tony, when's all our. Our folk from up Scotland coming down? Uh, Saturday morning. I think they're going to be here by half nine, or I think. I know they're flying down, all the lads from Scotland, so um, get to Gatwick, and then I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're hiring a car or what, but they are 
definitely going to be there Saturday morning, which is good. I, I like seeing them lot every year at the mini air show. So the winds tomorrow, I've heard conflicting reports, but they're up to 25 miles per hour. Oh, yeah. Not tomorrow, it's Saturday, isn't it? Sorry. Um, <coughs> I mean, we, 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 we had put up some gates the other weekend just for a bit of practice, and it was blowing a gale, probably similar sort of winds. And I've come to the realization in this country, you just have to learn to fly and wind now. Uh, and it's not too bad if you're tracking through gates. It's when I, what I found is when I was putting, punching it up to go through a split yeah. estimate, then that's when it threw me out. Yeah, Do we know if, uh, if you keep have we got any down. inside information if there's split S or anything that, you know, any higher up gates or is it a standard run? Uh, let me dig out the updated track. <gasps> you mean you've got the updated track? How much do we have to pay to get a copy of it? Uh, £499.99. There we go, he knows. Payable to me. Yeah. Okay, hold on, I'm, I'm passing it through now. PayPal's okay, yeah? Definitely, yeah. PayPal's now. perfect now. <laughs> uh, I suppose, I mean, it's weather dependent and everyone there has is, to put up... There is, a, there is a up and over, or over and under. We were, I can't we work out which way around it is. Uh, well, I, I was talking with Martin Rye about using the, uh, the 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 tower as a split S because I think he was uh, we were talking about it the other day. But I don't know. I haven't seen that new new upgraded uh, racetrack, so be uh, be interesting. Oh. Not not at an unfair advantage. See, <laughs> have you uh, filled in all the teams now? Are all the team registrations are closed. All the but other registrations. All the teams are closed. All that's all locked in. All the transponders are locked in. And that's all ready and set to go. So there's no one we need to single out and name and shame on this call because they haven't actually provided enough details, is there? No. Um, we we were trying to get in Jab, Jab One A, James Bowles at the last minute. Him and his team. Unfortunately, they're they're um, uh, their transport is not going to be functional. It's, it's, it's waiting on parts, so unfortunately they're not going to make it, but otherwise we were up to the full 16 teams. And it's wow. a bit unfortunate that one team's had to drop out, but uh, yeah. It, it, it so, gives me more of a chance of having a chance to win. I'm looking yeah, at the Yeah, there you go. So you're already <laughs> ahead. <laughs> we're not going to come last. <laughs> we're not going to come first either. <laughs> You know, because I, I, a, um, a few people I've been talking to, it's their first ever race. It's their first ever show like this. Um, and I think a lot of people are getting nervous. And despite the uh, Carlos last week showing his tips on how to chill out and relax music, um, it, if you haven't done something like this before, it can probably be a, be a bit daunting. Especially with the added opinion. double jeopardy of being in the quite high winds. Yeah. You know, well, I, I don't think you notice the winds as much once you put the goggles on, but but even so, it does affect the, the, the quad. All I'd say to people is don't worry. It's about having, you know, having a go on a racetrack and actually flying and competing. It's not about winning. It's about meeting some other people, having fun, and actually giving it a go. I think that's what Mini Air Show has always been about, of having a go yeah. at something maybe you haven't done before. And absolutely the team format is something that, you know, not is not done as far as I'm aware pretty much anywhere else I, I'm not going to say that for definite because yeah I no I, I don't prepared, think it has been but... it was certainly a first for road racing last year wasn't it to uh yeah and I'm pretty sure he hasn't done it anywhere else since and I'm pretty sure he's not <laughs> not gonna do it <laughs> not gonna do it again exclusive um, rights um, only for mini air show Brighton yeah. <laughs> and, and possibly not not even after this year unless there's a big change in software um, just because I'm sure anyone that's been involved in the team relay has known about all the issues of needing transponder information well in advance so that Eric's got the time to set it all up because it is a very involved process. So don't, then, if, if, you, if you turn up on the day and are like, ah, oh, I got my transponder number wrong, you will not be popular at all. So bear that in mind. 
Or you may um, actually be even more popular for somebody else because you might count against their laps. Yeah, it might just be that your laps don't get counted, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, a cause... big uh, credit, actually. I, you know, like when you turn up on the day, it's easy to just have a go and say, oh, that was fun, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of tireless work that has gone on uh, from the racing side. From the organization work side, I think into, into the racing, into the team format. All of that has been a huge amount of work on Eric. He's done that. Yeah. Very, you know, really bent over backwards for us to to get this going. Um, so yeah, we definitely appreciate that. And hopefully this time next year the the VTX system will have been come on even more leaps and bounds than it had between last year and this year, in that it don't think it existed last year. Um, so we'll see if maybe next year there'll just be a team format thing in the VTX software already made. It doesn't need any jiggery pokery to make it work. And Eric can just like lie back and it'll all work and you can turn up <laughs> on the day. I don't think anyone can ever fun. just lie back at the VTX show. <laughs> no, that's true. I may be pushing it a bit far, but I can dream. I can dream. Oh, you can. I, I mean, I hope you and Clinton, um, Fraser may not be able to fly with his dislocated shoulders, but at least I hope you and uh, Clinton get at least one battery in somewhere. I mean, Clinton should because he's racing. But, well, uh, I, I think uh, Jack's silent in the chat now, probably because he's fixing my quads. So I'll... I, <laughs> I, I just gave my quad to him and was like, fix this, please. I want one to work for the weekend. Mine, yes, I will do that. It's better to fix all your quads now, Thursday, than, and this is a perfect setting to do it or chat about it. If anyone's stuck right now, we've got the very knowledgeable NJ on the call, so he can always uh, give you the best Let's ask NJ a question now. So, oh, go on then. Gonna be, if it's going to be windy the weekend, mm -hmm. do should we put our pids up? Should we put our eye up in the um, to be honest with you, um, when it comes to wind, it's really more about having a tuned I term than it is a P term. You won't really won't really find that the the quad is adversely affected by wind unless you're talking about some pretty serious wind. I mean, I've flown twenty five mile an hour gusts plus, and uh, I've been pretty shocked at, at how well um, the pig controllers. Uh, deal with it. I mean, generally speaking, uh, gusts of wind are, I mean, it's large, large bodies of, of moving air. It's, it's not anything that's actually going to cause the kind of, but like, you won't get any oscillation. You know, the worst kind of oscillation you'll ever see in, in quads is, is during things like prop wash, which is hard, fast turning and, and very aggressive split essing and things like that. So when it comes to sort of um, high winds and things like that, it, the only thing I would recommend that you pay attention to, especially when you're racing, um, provided the the kind of not necessarily the gates, but the flags, uh, a lot of them will weather vane. It's important when you're racing to look at which way the flags are weather vaning, because that will tell you which way you're you're going to suffer drift when you're on a straight line. And in fact, the the last time I went out and we set up a course and I put that video up of me just having a go around the track, you can see which direction all the flags are weather vaning and it really helped especially on the fast straights um, to kind of angle into the wind and accommodate for that that drift that you're going to get so it's really drift that's going to be your biggest problem is is know your wind direction on the course uh, and know when you're going to be fighting it and when the wind I mean if you're splitting essing into the wind you're going to have the resistance to make that split S very tight. And if you're split Sing downwind, you're going to start the split S. And if you don't put the power on quickly, that you're going to be miles away from the gate before you start approaching it again to come back to it. So that's really the biggest effect of wind. In terms of it affecting your P term, don't you really won't find any need for that at all. Um, so yeah, PID should be fine. Just watch the flags, know which direction the wind's coming from, and hopefully that will help you get around the course. Uh, one thing will be on a huge adrenaline rush anyway. And <laughs> wind isn't a uniform, you know, all the air. There's different pressures within, and when you get wind, you get different air pressures. So the pods can drop and have all sorts of weird problems just from different pressures anyway. 
Yeah, I, I just keep an eye on the flags, and just as you're as you're going, I mean, it's, it's a really hard thing. You're, you're concentrating so much when you race, and you're so focused. It's just not something you think about. So really, it's something just to try and get in your head before you put the goggles down. Just glance over at the course and look at which way the wind is moving, because you've got no perception of wind once you're flying. If you've got nothing to tell, you know, if you're in a, in a real aircraft, you've you've got immediate feedback on the controls that and and. The aircraft shifts you feel it in your body all those things that are removed when you're when you're looking through a set of goggles so you have to look for the visual cues and then make the adjustments otherwise you know the wind can quite easily push you way off your target for a gate or it might you know change the way you turn around a gate uh, around a flag and push you into another one so it, if it's anything over kind of 15 knots 12 to 15 knots i think you'd be right anything over that gusting over 12 to 15 knots then if you want an advantage, just have a have a little, uh, you know, eyeball the flags. What's uh, what's that in real money? Knots, mile an hour. Oh, they're, they're at that level, they're fairly similar to miles. Yeah, it's about maybe 16, 17 miles an hour. Yeah, but I think twelve in the, knots is fourteen here. miles an hour according yeah. to Google. Twelve knots. Thank you, Google. Nuts. <laughs> twelve knots. Yeah. yeah. Three quads. And if you have a proper windsock down there, you can tell by reading uh, an actual aviation windsock by the segments uh, and how far each segment droops down. So if you've got the first section of a windsock straight and then it droops down, then you've got five knots of wind. If the second section is out and it droops down from there, you've got ten knots of wind. So uh, someone go and pick up an aviation windsock and <laughs> stick it I down. I am actually going to be. I am actually going to be just concentrating solely on getting through gates and around corners. <laughs> wind or no wind, it doesn't matter. There's a gate. Well, <laughs> just do one of those before you fly, and then you'll look really serious. I genuinely <laughs> want one of those, though. I've got a window meter thing. Wind meter. And yeah, and I've got, yeah, I'm going to bring mine down just so we can record the highest winds, I think, on the race day. Or maybe we strap it to the top of a pole at the top of the hill so we can get that. And so just are see we strapping old socks to the back of our quads? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, old socks with a hole cut in the end. Have to have the hole. Oh, we yeah. all cut hole in as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've got the right, you know, your socks are worn through and there's a hole in the front, hey. Here's one I prepared earlier. Yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, you know, like what I, the thing about this, the UK and the weather is, you never really know what's going to happen. So on the day, you can have a rough idea, but you never really know. So plan for everything and bring water because it might turn into a heat wave. Things yeah, okay, no, bring Sorry. water. That's always a good idea. Um, it's looking dry at the moment, but I'm not saying that. So make sure you bring lots of waterproof coats and you know dry clothes and things and even when it gets rid of the rain if you bring those um if you uh, if anyone went to the one last year Jacques, who was down at the build uh, area on the saturday uh tinker with quads and building a quad um he found it really bad because even though it's sunny weather during the day it got freezing cold at night so also for that you don't want to wake up on sunday when you've got a, a big freestyle event to really pull off and uh you're all tired and not you don't want to be like waking up with trench foot or something so you know make sure you are prepared if you do get cold by the way you can just move into tony's tent he's got underfloor heating yeah sublet your your tent yeah, if you, you bring enough dry clothes you'll be fine so um sorry we've just got a question in the uh a question that i thought looked quite interesting so uh, it's from Chris Alt, I think it says here. Okay, so over 50% throttle my front end nods. Uh, it's not CAG and I've been tuning. My eye is at 59. I don't really want to exceed 60. Any suggestions? So the chances are, um, it, this is a tricky one because uh, items quite a slow reacting thing. But it's, uh, and, and when you go too far with iTerm, and I mean at the real extreme end of iTerm tuning, at the, if, if you go too far, you get very, kind of, uh, they're not like P-turn oscillations, which are very quick, and I mean like really aggressive fluttering. You get a much more slow wobble, much more exacerbated, and that's more indicative of iTerm uh, where you've gone too far. Now, interestingly, uh, and what makes iTerm a little bit tricky to tune, is if the iTerm's too low and you um, are in forward flight and it starts to nod, and it could nod or it could raise, 
that can be a sign that the item is too low, but it can also be a sign that you've gone too far with the item. So you can get the same problems um, actually showing showing the same same symptoms at both ends of the scale. So what I would be tempted to do is actually back that down. Now with iTerm, the way I check it um, is fast forward flight, um, and again have the uh, throttle at around 50%, and then I just let go of the right stick and I look at how it tracks. And if it's if it if it's holding its track, your iTerm's actually good, um, and it's not really um, it's not directly the culprit, but it is indirectly the culprit. Um, so what I would then do especially if you're in beta flight, is look at um, increasing the anti-gravity gain. And this was something which uh, Boris added in specifically to try and take care of this problem, uh, where you would get um, this kind of, uh, especially as you were throttling, you'd get this kind of uh, this kind of nodding, whether it was up or down. And you, you see it um, in the bottom of power loops as well. As you come out of the power loop and you start putting the throttle in, you'll notice that the nose comes up by itself without you putting any pitch input in. So what I would do is bring iTerm back down. Uh, if you're at 50, I'd maybe or 60 or close to that. I come down to 40, and then I would take your iTerm, uh, sorry, your anti-gravity gain, which you're entering the CLI, and I would move that. I think the default in 317 is around three. So I would take that to four, retest it, try again, then take it to five, retest it, try again, um, and that specifically works to try and take care of uh, the fact that iTerm can't respond fast enough to it. Um, that that will compensate for that and hopefully start to tune that out. Another good test for iTerm to make sure it's holding well, and I do this with every every time I'm tuning, is I go straight up, nice and high. I flip to an inverted angle and I just let it drop, so it's under no power. And I want to see if that starts to drift or whether it just holds its angle as it falls. So it's kind of a knife edge, but then on its side a little bit. So put it in a really awkward angle and just let it drop. And I, I want to see there's no kind of movement, no sway. Once it's doing that, your I-term's good. So at that point, I'd start looking at, and if, if you're sure your P-term feels nice and locked, um, then I would then look towards the anti-gravity gain and just bringing that up in increments. So try all that, and hopefully you'll get, get some success. <laughs> try all that without wind. <laughs> yes, wind, wind will make things a little more of a pain. So yeah, not, not in more than sort of five, five to ten knots of wind. I think anything more than that, it's going to make that a tricky one to, to try out. But yeah. Speaking of, of uh, all your uh, aerodynamic stuff, uh, NJ, mm -hmm. uh, you touched briefly on uh, giving us all the massive science session. How, how's that coming along? Uh, it's such a, the, the more I've read into it and the more I'm sort of going back to, to, to studying we won't understand. Uh, fluid dynamics, the, <laughs> the more cross-eyed I'm getting. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I've, I've, I mentioned it in my, in my latest build video and I've, I've talked about it before. It's, it's a case of thrust versus drag. There is no aerodynamic lift involved in the uh, lift coefficient of how quadcopters work. It, it's got nothing. It's really it, lift has nothing, kind of nothing to do with it. There's no aerodynamic, uh, nothing aerodynamically advantageous about a quadcopter's design. Really, all all you're doing is you're overpower. You're, you're just adding more power to take care of the problem. There's nothing. Uh, there's no pressure differentials that will give quads lift. If anything, when you're flying towards an induced airflow like this, the actual high pressure points on the whole top surface of the quad, which is trying to keep you down. So the PID controller is working overtime to fight all the drag and uh, yeah, it's just brute forcing its way around the sky. Things like the Revo and, and other frames designs that are now starting to flip the arms this way, what you're really doing is straightening out the airflow um, for the propellers so that you're creating less wash around the arms uh, and that will help with acceleration, that will help with, you know, uh, essentially help with clean air around cornering, and there, there's, there's advent, there is advantages to streamlining the airflow working with the props, trying to make the body of the quadcopter as translucent as possible um, to the airflow of the propellers. There, there is that. If design goes in that direction, I think that's a great idea, and that can have its advantages. Will it ever, even the most, say, say if we somehow manage to make two tiny thin carbon rods to each motor that basically completely got out of the way of all the airflow, how much difference would that make in terms of actual flight time? 
it's still going to be a matter of seconds. It's not going to make that much difference. But will that quad accelerate a hell of a lot faster? Um, arguably, yes. Um, but what, what people, uh, what, what you do need to realize is, as I said, quadcopters are uh, power, thrust versus drag. So, uh, you know, that's as, that's as good as it gets, I'm afraid. So don't forget that is NJ Tech, and today you've learned something. <laughs> <laughs> you learned there is there is you one other thing. I, there is actually one other thing, which is a really interesting topic. So in uh, and I'll I'll try and keep this boring bit to a minimum. There is something called vortex generators. Now, what vortex generators do? Because normally we associate vortices as a bad thing. Um, if you've ever seen, you look at a plane, a commercial plane. They put these little things on the eggs called winglets, and they're to stop. Uh, vortices basically um, starting to form as the high pressure air on the underside of the wing meets the low pressure air on the top uh, as they escape off the tip of the wing they, they swirl that creates a lot of drag and lots of problems for the planes following it behind so vortices are normally a bad thing but what vortex generators do is they're tiny little deflectors um, that sit on the front edge of the wing uh, that actually create these tiny little vortices that go that and what they're doing, you've got something called the boundary layer. So with uh, this is going back, you've opened the can on fluid dynamics, and so now you're going to learn about it. But, but basically, with a, with a fluid, when a fluid is in motion across a stationary plane, and areas of fluid, basically, hmm. you have the, high, the, the fluid on top, which is moving, and you have what's called the boundary layer, which is, is basically saying there's a stationary layer there. And that stationary layer is very, if you, have you ever tried to blow the dust off of something? Have you noticed how not all the dust goes away, right? Some of it stays, yeah. it's sticking to that boundary layer. Yeah. And on, on the top side of a wing or a propeller, and a propeller is basically a rotating wing, you have the boundary layer. And what that boundary layer is doing is helping that high pressure air stick to the surface of the wing as it goes across nice and fast. Now, the problem is, as the angle increases on the wing relative to the induced airflow, that, but that stickiness starts to give way. And what happens is the airflow no longer sticks down to the wing and stays nice and fast, and it actually goes, separates more off up the top. And this is called the critical angle of attack because there's a point where that airflow will separate and straighten up and not speed down the back end of the wing. And you get all this turbulence. You get air coming backwards towards the wing in this turbulent. It's really nasty. And what vortex generators do is create vortices so you have rotating air that picks up some of this boundary layer air and mixes it and mixes it with high speed air and forces it and because it's doing that it's now re-adhering to this uh, top side of the wing so what a vortex generator does is basically create vortices that scoop up the still air and make it once again kind of remain high flow and 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 adhere better to what onto the top side of the wing which gives us lift now there has been application for doing this on propellers it hasn't been it's it was actually caa approved as a design where they put vortex generators on propellers so that they could run at higher pitch angles and uh still rather than get to a point where they're just creating massive amounts of drag because they're effectively stalling these vortex generators will cause that air to to still stick to that top high pressure part of the aerofoil and allow the allow more efficiency and, and potentially potentially more thrust. So yeah, the CIA approved the design. That means that the design was approved and therefore it's not going to harm the aircraft, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a working practi practical thing that that became that that is brilliant and works and you know why don't all propellers have vortex generators on them but i wonder if there isn't something in propeller design that could be done uh along those routes to further increase uh, the performance of quadcopters i think that's where most of the design advantages are it's in propeller design that's that's where that's where most of us find that we've got the real uh that most of us when we go out and fly we swap a set of props you know you swap props it's usually the biggest change to your quadcopter. You mm -hmm. put a new set of props on, you go, wow, that feels different because of X, Y, and Z. And that, I feel, at the minute, is where the real benefits uh, lie, is getting the real aerodynamic geniuses to sit down and work on propeller design. Um, Get your NJ uh, vortex-inducing props this time next year. Yeah, well, you never know. Vortex generator props. It, it, Funny it how many really high-pitched uh, props anyway, and then come down a little anyway for... 
the, the well, other way I've had vortex generators explained to me was mm-hmm. um, that you the drag is the kind of uh, the bubble you know when when you um, when you stall a wing or a aerofoil or, or plate or whatever yeah it's the bubble of of low pressure behind it that's doing the drag and so what the um, that's that's correct. That's called the critical angle of attack. So yeah. that is the point at which you're not really generating lift anymore, and the the drag is has become so bad. And the, the weirdest thing, if you ever look at in slow motion, there's loads of this on YouTube. If you ever look at how um, those generate, uh, those vortices generate behind the, the drag starts to form, you'll actually see in the smoke tunnels it gets past this critical angle of attack you'll see smoke coming backwards towards the wing. You actually get vortices coming back at it, no matter how fast forward it's going. It's just the weirdest thing to look at. Um, but yeah, it creates all these uh, incredible, yeah, the drags, the drags then horrific at that point. Um, and yeah, it's, it's got to do with that top layer separating and no longer adhering to the top side of the wing because that low pressure air has to remain low pressure and this has to remain high pressure for that difference to generate the lift um and yeah as soon as that starts to separate and you've got the vortices and the drag then uh yeah that that pressure differential is not there and it's not going to fly very well anymore <clears throat> wow um i think everyone's yes. really busy in the chat room well, i was going to try to say <laughs> to try and explain <laughs> vortex generators was to that the vortex generators then just disrupt the bubble that's on the other side by just mixing all the air together yeah exactly um but what you have to remember is we've got airflow separation this this way so if we're looking at the wing this way but if i spin the wing this way that is the way that the vortex generator is working so yeah. this is going along scooping up boundary layer air and mixing it with uh, high pressure, fast flowing laminate air. So it's taking those two things and mixing them and keeping that adhesion rather than allowing that separation process. And by do, I mean, you can literally buy a kit of these kind of printed vortex generators and they look like little kind of inverse Vs that go on the, um, on the front edge of the wing. You can get them general aviation for Cessnas and stuff. And it can take a Cessna that has a stall speed of around 55 knots and take it down to like 45 or even 43 knots. I mean, that's a big deal. That suddenly makes the plane a whole lot safer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And then at the other end of the scale, commercial airliners have this problem where you can actually get high speed stall, which is to do with airflow breaking uh, the sound barrier. Um, um, we've got someone just mentioned a comment in the chat. Apparently, uh, Tonstar1 says he has a vortex generator after sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> does it well, yeah how, how much lift does it generate it's that boundary layer i think after sprouts it sticks to everything nah. oh, that's, you know it's a fascinating subject sprouts. but it's so like there's so much and obviously you've done your research i've been joking that we're having a test on this and um you're gonna set some questions but pff. It's, it's, it's an interesting that, thing. There, there's enough yeah. uh, content out there on YouTube, if, if it's all new to you, that you can start to learn about it. And just understanding a little bit of that just makes you look at the whole thing a little bit differently. So I, I find it absolutely uh, an absolutely fascinating topic um, because you look at aircraft fly and things like A380s and you think that, I still look at it and think, how the hell is how's that in the air? It shouldn't be in the air. It weighs a weighs an absolute ton it just it shouldn't fly so you know the physics side of it i think uh, is pretty interesting you are quite unique that you go down to the nj tech degree of knowledge and actually you know it's good to actually because most of us wouldn't actually go through and like learn a lot of this but it is relevant to everything we do and i find that you know some people like cars working on cars driving cars some people just like driving cars and i think some people love working on quads and the theory behind it all some people like tony just like flying quads uh that's all I do like doing flying. I hate mending them, um, and I don't. No, but it, you know, there's so much actually knowledge to. There's so much that makes these things work. Do, do you know what it is? I think the the one thing you should take away from this is you should just have so much respect for the guys that can that like Boris B and like our Dominic Cliftons and the guys that that do the programming for this because you really don't have yeah. You don't have any concept of just 
how much work that flight controller is doing. Uh, you know, you're just giving it an idea of what you want it to do, and it's saying, well, I see what you're trying to do, and then it 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 does some seriously complicated work to give you an output that feels organic, that feels now, like you are, you're you're controlling something very directly. Um, it's absolutely incredible, and, and especially with propellers, you see the kind of uh, there's all kinds of things like center of thrust, there's torque uh, induced airflow. Um, it, it just goes on and on and on. And you realize that these flight controllers are working out a way to negate all of these problems, and as I said, give you a feeling of direct connection when you're on the sticks. It's nothing short of magical, you know, what those guys are doing. So. Yeah, big big respect to uh, to Boris and the team and and all of those guys that keep making these things fly so damn good. And respect for you to sharing some of the little bit more that we wouldn't have actually we would have just gone on and spun our props and flown, not actually understanding the vortex generators as starts and all sorts. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, it's a tricky thing to try and condense into to things that don't make you go cross-eyed. And believe me, I spend most of my time cross-eyed reading it. But um, <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's an interesting topic, it's definitely one worth uh, worth having a look into. Oh yeah, not F sixties. Clinton, it's Cobra motors for the win. Two two eight seven. Anyway, you know what? I I think there's a lot of us here that are probably just thinking, when am I going to be able to get enough stuff, my stuff packed and fixed, ready to go fly tomorrow? <laughs> That day. Yeah. Maybe we should call it a show, but maybe some Clinton or Andrew, any last thoughts for Mini Air Show? Any last requests? Make sure people print off the tickets. Make sure you know where you're going. Make sure you bring water. Yeah, bring water. Uh, but tickets. Bring warm clothes if you're camping. Yeah. Bring dry clothes if you're not. Bring uh, your tickets. Bring your quads. Don't forget things. Have the sheep <laughs> been moved from? Uh, where they've been residing, because I know there's been a lot of sheep yep. as they've been around. Cool. The, the sheep have been uh, hopping around, and I believe they'll be moved out of the way, if not in time. By the time we get there tomorrow, by the time everyone else if gets not, there, there may actually be some sheep herding with uh, quads. But uh, <laughs> don't do that, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, it's no, going to no, be a fun weekend. No, no we'll, power we'll loop the sheep. Power loop the sheep competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many sheep can you herd into that field over there? With the maintaining visual line of sight. Yeah, I think it could be done with One the wasps. I don't even know. They've, they've probably seen bigger, bigger wasps down there than some of those whoops. So. The trouble is, though, I think because they're used to that noise, they don't react as much as other sheep in other fields because they haven't actually got used to that noise. They're pretty immune to it now. I think. I'm they surprised. Crazy. They don't really care. Do they? I mean, I've been flying near sheep and at least a hundred meters away, at least, and. You know, they, they all run across to a field. And I just see these little white dots on my video all running to the other side of a field because this slight buzz got them all spooked. But it is going to be a fun weekend. We'll have a catch up. And I don't know if the competition takes place, but please take some video because we all like to share it. And I think this last week is winning competition. Someone stuck a bombed, sticker bombed everyone else. So sticker bombing for the win. Might get you there. We have a prize that hasn't even been done yet. But, NJ, I hope you can make it. Andrew, I will be seeing you there. Tony, I'll be seeing you there. Clinton, I'll be seeing you there. And you will be seeing me and I think Ektraz and all the others that are coming down from Scotland and all over the place to mini air show number three for International Drone Day. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Once I get packed and ready. Yeah. And you've got your, uh, did you get your frame fixed? Uh, I've got to do that now. It is just a, it's a lift and shift. So I, Basically, I just replaced the bottom plate. No soldering, nothing. What's that? Sorry, uh, Tony? You, you've snapped your chameleon, have you? Um, it's the V1 frame. It hadn't snapped. <sighs> Chances would have it this week, just getting ready for the show. I thought, great, I'll go down and fly it. And then I looked at the arm and it's like, oh, there's a crack. And it's like, uh. Oh. And then I, I took a picture. It's not easy to see on the other side, but it's gone through both sides. I did a, a rigidity test. It seems pretty rigid, but the last thing I want to do is in between one of the heats on Saturday is to have to swap out my mainframe there. So they're warranted. I'll just um, best do it now then, and not tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, other than that, it's gonna be fun, guys. Yeah, can't wait. It's a, it is gonna be a fun one. Once it starts. Are you going to be out of sleep, Jay? You're so excited. 
It's like Christmas. No, I won't. I well, I will. Cause I, I'm can, at I will but... definitely be able to sleep. I've been up since five something this morning. It was, it was, it was an early start, that's for sure. Wow. Clinton's just going to stare at his props and spin them by hand all night long. <laughs> I've just noticed I've got a load of play in one of my motors and I'm, I'm upset about it. Oh, they're F60s, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. Ah. So, Sorry. I'm not happy. <laughs> anyway, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you after Thank the show you. if we're still alive, if we're still uh, flying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will be. But thanks everyone for tuning in. As always, it's good to have you here. The regulars, the new people, and you guys helping host this show. So thanks all. Thanks. See you later. And yeah, see you at the show. If not afterwards. NJ, you better come down, man. I want to see you fly. I want to do, do my best. best. Do your best. Do your best. I'll do, do my best. best. All right. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Till next week. Bye bye.